Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank and... Well, I'm not going to say a big win or good win, at least an interesting win over Central Michigan. How are you doing this week, my friend? I am doing well. Excited for yet another uh, piece of information to find out what exactly Penn State football is in 2022. And we'll get another good test, I think. I hope so. But before we get started, just a reminder, our good friends at New Trail Brewery, they have brought out their whiteout beer. And they tell me you could call it a loud double IPA. You get that? The whiteout loud. Well done. You make the connection there, T. Frank. Well done. You can now enjoy the whiteout conditions this week with 107,000 of your closest friends. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. That's going to be the beer at, at my tailgate. We'll be enjoying a whiteout. We'll also be enjoying, I'm bringing along some crisp lager. Yes, that's the name of the beer, crisp lager, refreshing. And like the name says, it's very crisp. If you want some crisp lager or some whiteout beer and you're heading to the game this weekend, make sure you stop at WR Hickey and pick up your refreshments. All right, T. Frank, let's talk Central Michigan. As I said earlier, I'm not sure what to make of this game. But before we get started on the offensive side, James Franklin, I think both at halftime of the game and after the game, talked about Central Michigan's cover zero defense, which was giving them some trouble. Before we get into how it created problems, first, tell us what is a cover zero defense? Yeah, so the the coverage number dictates how many deep defenders there are in a given coverage shell which is what the quarterback is looking at to determine what his uh his reads are going to be so cover 1 means one deep safety cover 3 uh means that you're going to have corners bailing to deep coverage with that deep safety cover 2 cover 4 cover 6 is a combination coverage but that that's basically how it shakes out so cover 0 means no deep help it means everyone is at the line of scrimmage covering a man and it's uh, associated with all out blitzing. You are uh, risk reward kamikaze sort of thing. This is going to work or it's really not going to work. And essentially, it seemed to really work for Central Michigan, Penn State. I'm assuming, T. Frank, you should be able to hit on something deep because there's no safety help there. Yeah. Is that what the way they should have been attacking and why were not they not able to exploit it? So this is a complicated sort of question. There's a lot of stuff that goes into why can't Penn State hit deep balls. Um, so let's start with, unfortunately, and I, I hate to drag Sean Clifford so early in the show, but right now Sean Clifford is completing 12.8% of his deep passes. He's 2 of 15 on the season. So that's one aspect of it. He's a career 30% completion percentage guy on deep balls, which if you look at all of college football, and I mean, like if you just look at the average over college football, that's probably about average. Now that also includes some terrible seasons and last season where he had Jahan Dotson. So 
what is his actual, you know, what's his actual retail price on deep balls? I, I, I don't really know. I'd say he's a below average deep ball thrower. Uh, that's what we found out throughout his career. And that's what Central Michigan was betting on. Also, this is something I've said over the last three weeks, going really back to the game against Purdue, is I don't think that secondary was very good against Purdue. And Penn State's receivers struggled to get away in man coverage. Now, that is a more blanket statement to say they struggled to get away in man coverage than saying they can't beat cover zero because cover one is also a man coverage, usually associated with press man coverage, tight man coverage. Um, so there are other ways you can you can do this. And Penn State has struggled to gain separation in those moments. But Sean Clifford, going back to him, and this is a back and forth thing, Sean Clifford has also struggled to throw the ball into tight windows when guys aren't getting separation but could be open. You know, the throw it up and give your guy a chance play. He hasn't really done that a whole lot this season in particular. And and generally, he did a little bit in 2020, and it was pretty bad. Like, that didn't go well that season, but nothing went well that season. So it, it's a kind of a complicated, convoluted, does Penn State have the athletes to separate? Do they have the quarterback to hit guys on deep balls? And uh, do they have the kind of offensive ability in general outside of that to do such a thing? So back to the original cover zero thing, you know, by my count, they only ran it four times in the first half, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is also a lot for for that particular coverage. You usually only get that a couple times a game. Uh, And it was really I actually thought Penn State did a good job handling it in the moment. So the two incompletions to Tinsley and Keandre Lambert's, or I'm sorry, um, Harrison Wallace on third and fourth down that ended that drive. Those were cover zero plays. I thought the routes were fine. You know, as far as what was called were man beating routes that are quick enough. The quarterback can drop back and throw the ball and uh, get the first down. And then, of course, there was uh, two more, one completion to Theo Johnson and one to Brenton Strange that were in tight coverage. So they weren't deep shots, but they were shots that the the receiver had the ball in his hands. And if he breaks a tackle, it's a touchdown. Now, Penn State went two for four in those situations. They picked up two first downs and they didn't convert a third and a fourth down. So James Franklin, after the game, said, uh, you should be excited if the defense goes to cover zero because you have the opportunity for a big play. And Penn State was not able to generate a big play in any of those situations, which is credit to Central Michigan for playing good defense, but also the lack of fear that they have for the Penn State passing attack is also telling. So that's kind of the whole conversation wrapped up into one. You mentioned you didn't want to drag Sean Clifford down so early in the show, so I'll do it, all right? (laughs) Okay, Uh, (laughs) And I'm going to try to tie two topics together. We're talking about cover zero, which leads to taking shots deep and Sean Clifford's inability to connect on those. But I'm also concerned about his decision making where and maybe I'm too critical in that I'm just watching Sean Clifford closely. I never watch another quarterback this closely. I never do replay the game and and. stop the video at different points in the play but there was one and I don't know if you're talking about the same scenario but there was one deep pass that Clifford threw into essentially into double coverage 
Uh-huh. And I believe it was Nick Singleton out in the flat all by himself. Yeah. And I saw that on my initial watching of the game, and then I watched the replay. I hit the pause button to make sure I was seeing what I thought I saw, and I did. It would have been a huge play if he had gone that way. So yeah. can you help me out here? Is Sean Clifford, is that a regular thing where he misses open folks? And, I, and there was another play, uh, I think very, it may have even been the very following play, where he was looking left, seemed to be zeroed in on Tinsley. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Lambert was crossing route from the other side, and nobody picked him up. But right. Clifford never saw him, never looked that way, instead threw into tight coverage, and it was an incompletion. So I, I the first one was the primary target on that play. Was it Parker Washington, or was it Amari Evans? Which Because there were two of those that you're describing. There's two of those in the game, and I have different opinions on both of them. So... Okay. Immaterial to that, I'll I'll just... this particular one, I know they were going left to right on my television screen, and I think they were at midfield or so when they... So that was was Parker Washington. ...on the end zone, okay. Yeah, Um, so the the one to Amari Evans that he overthrew was the exact same play that Drew Aller hit a touchdown with against Ohio. So that is, I think, a good play concept that they brought back. They had it, and he just missed that throw. So I'm fine with him taking that particular shot because you want your quarterback at some point to be aggressive. You can't always be taking the checkdowns. You're leaving plays and yards on the table, potentially. Uh, But the one that you described, I think, to Nick Singleton, that is kind of the effect that I think the real situation that cover zero made for Penn State was it it made this air of, okay, well, we'll show you and we're going to hit a deep ball and we're going to throw you out of this coverage. Um, and that, I think, is partly in the play calling, which some of the BWI message board members have uh, pointed out astutely, and also partly in the mentality that Clifford takes on in those situations of, okay, now I'm aggressive. And uh, I'm not going to go through the proper uh, read. I'm not going to read the play. I'm going to say, I'm aggressive now. This ball's going to Parker Washington in double coverage, which to the point of the cover zero thing, they only ran it four times, but Penn State threw into a lot of bad looks, I think partially because of kind of the goading that they were getting from Central Michigan. And credit to Central Michigan, they did a good job of mixing up their coverages and going cover zero, going cover one, but then at some points in the second and third quarter, going back to their traditional coverages. Now, they also had coverage busts where they made mistakes. Sean Clifford did not take advantage of those. So that's a big issue as well of kind of the passing game when you get into those pass-heavy situations, which James Franklin addressed afterwards that we can't get so heavy we can't go skewing one way or the other we have to be balanced that's another situation where all of these things I think played into the factor of the second quarter and why the offense stagnated that plus some timely pressure in true passing situations up the middle um, the guards were struggled a little bit yesterday in those situations of giving up some pressures and pressure in Sean Clifford's face just that's that's it you know, we, we all know the story of what happens when you move Sean Clifford off the spot. Sometimes he'll step into a throw and make a great throw, but most of the time he's going to be inaccurate, throw the ball short, or lose his mechanics altogether. So that's kind of the story of the second quarter and what I saw on, on film of all those factors, plus the running game not being in sync early and Nick Singleton struggling a little bit, 
I called it getting lost in his own sauce where he was trying to hit a big play on every single run. And we've seen young, talented running backs do that on a regular basis all the way to the junior year uh, in Saquon Barkley. When you're that talented and you're rewarded for maybe some bad decisions, this tends to be a feedback loop. But Singleton hopefully is learning that lesson early. He came back and was much better. And this is the part about Singleton that I think is different when we start the comparisons to Barkley is I see a maturity that his game needs to catch up to in his personality where he's not going to keep doing that. And he was able to run downhill and make some of those plays. And then of course, Catron Allen came in and saved the situation. You know, I shouldn't say saved, but was the featured back on, uh, on Saturday. It all worked out in the end. That's going to have to be it for quarter one. Don't worry. We're going to pick up the conversation right from where we left off in quarter number two. Stay tuned. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Thomas Frank Carr, and this is quarter number two of our show. T. Frank, we talked quite a bit in uh, segment number one about uh, Sean Clifford, the pass game pass against cover zero. And during the break, we kept up that conversation. But it leads to one last question I had for you on that, because I think it is an issue. You talked when we were wrapping up about uh, it seemed like the mindset was, oh, they're playing cover zero. We should be able to get something deep. 
So that was the mindset going into the play. That was what uh, Sean Clifford was going to do, come hell or high water. And he stops looking around to see if there are other options during the play. Is is that an accurate assessment of what's going on? Uh, it's always hard to give give an exact answer there because I I'm not in his mind, you know, and I I I can watch where his eyes go on film and I can see what's on the screen, but a I don't know the play call, uh, I don't know his exact progression. And there's always room for interpretation, but it sure seems like that. Like that's, uh, there are certain elements of his game that haven't changed. And post snap diagnostics has, is one that is, I will say inconsistent and has been bad at times of the, the safeties rotate. You've got something going on on the play that a quarterback should know, like checking, (laughs) <laughs> checking with some of your other players on the field and not locking in on a predetermined read. It certainly seems like those are some of the issues that Sean Clifford goes through. And that comes back to the idea of seeing the whole field. Um, so yeah, I, I guess if you, if you pin me down and say, does, does he lock, does he lock into one target and does he have a hard time getting off his first read? Yes. Yes. That, that is Sean Clifford. And I do think it doesn't help. Uh, there seems to be a mentality with this team, and I'll, I'll put this on James Franklin, where he says, oh, the team with more explosive plays is going to win more games, or we've got to yeah. establish the running game, and he seems to force those issues or try to get that point across to his team, and they seem to force it. Again, whether it's the running game or, oh, they're playing cover zero, we should hit something deep when they mm-hmm. actually have an outlet who's wide open. And, and would pick up a big play that way. I uh, just want to I want to pause here and and philosophically you can have those thoughts, right? And I think those are correct thoughts. And those are kind of the program building tent pole these are what we're trying to accomplish. But if you listen to what James Franklin has said this year, he said we need to run the football. He said we need to be balanced, we need to run the football. There's more than one way to create an explosive play because there are both run and pass plays in in football. So I don't want to put all of that on Franklin. The play caller and the quarterback are also heavily uh, involved in these things. And you can set a course and you can you can set the navigation. But then if you're not the one who has your hand on the wheel, there's only so much you can do uh, about that during a play or a game. And I would say the third quarter, to me, the third quarter is more indicative of, of Franklin's current effect on this offense where they got back to running the football a little bit more. They found the correct combination of Catron Allen pull blocking, getting him in the game and, and, and finding back to a bread and butter. So I agree with you overall, James Franklin has been obsessed with explosive plays, but I think there's been a lesson learned, especially with this iteration of the Nittany Lions of we're not going to get every explosive play through the air. So let's find another way to win. I, I want to give him the credit for at least this, from my observation, evolving a little bit over the years. And that kind of adjustment is so important in-game. You talked a little bit about the running game. Let's hit on that a bit. And Nick Singleton, we've seen so many explosive plays over the last couple weeks. We've now come to expect it. And Mm -hmm. as you alluded to, I think Nick Singleton has come to expect it. So he looks to bounce it too quickly. But 
I would argue there was also a little bit of reminders of the 2020 season and the 21 season where there might be a breakdown in the offensive line. And all of a sudden, Nick Singleton was getting hit before he took his first step, it appeared. <laughs> yeah, so... Again, it's kind of like the the conversation of cover zero. This is it's not one thing. There's there's a bunch of things that happened early on. Penn State's running game did have some issues right out of the gate. Juice Scruggs misses a block and uh, gets tackled for a loss. Singleton gets tackled for a loss. There's nothing he can do about that. And there was a that was a great read. Like that was going to be a good run. But one block on uh, almost the backside, you know, the center is kind of the d- d- dividing line between the two but not at the point of attack is kind of my point uh, ruins the play on another play. JB Nelson uh, for uh, forgets or just goes the wrong way on, on a blocking scheme. He's not incorrect with what he did. He was incorrect that it was outside zone, not inside zone. And he needed to block a different defender, another free rusher. Um, but central Michigan, again, you got to give some credit to the, the opposing defense. It wasn't just cover zero against the pass. The Central Michigan was ready for Penn State's condensed fronts, and they're you know they're trying to bounce Singleton to the outside. Singleton isn't wrong when he's bouncing every single time. Like that's also a part of this play design is we're condensing everything in, bringing people into the tackle box, and then giving him the opportunity to cut it to the outside and get a big play if it's there. Like that's also by design. But Central Michigan was blitzing their safeties into the flat, um, especially early in the game against those big fronts. And uh, they caught Penn State like that was a good, OK, counterpunch. So then when Penn State gets a, co- a couple good running plays, then I think you saw Singleton pressing a little bit where he's trying to bounce outside in the red zone. He got a first down. But like I whenever you see particular things there are certain things like yeah nobody does that nobody bounces to the front side of inside zone it's that's not really what that's designed to do to go all the way outside to the front he still gets a first down on it but that's kind of one of those i'm an athlete i'm just going to athlete here uh and then there was another play where i thought he uh if he had a good running lane but it wasn't going to be a touchdown on a sweet play and he tries to bounce it to the outside of the leverage of the players that are blocking for him and he gets tackled for one yard, I think. So learning experiences. But then in the third quarter, he came back and he ran downhill. He was more decisive and he picked up some good chunk plays. It's just that Catron Allen at that point was the hot hand that Penn State was going with. So we didn't get to see kind of the final part of that story because Catron Allen went off. I think also, T. Frank, kind of the good news, bad news thing is we picked out already a handful of plays where there was a breakdown, say, in the offensive line, and Nick Singleton only got a total of 12 carries. So yep. if you already take, what, three or four plays where there was a breakdown on the offensive line, that's a good percentage of his carries. He's not getting yep. 25 carries. Now, between he and Catron Allen, glass half full side of this is you've got two running backs who are fresh and two running backs who are very capable and let's talk about the other one Catron Allen I think we've all been impressed with him but this was probably his coming out party that the rest of the country learned he's pretty good running back too yeah so yeah this is not a sell stock in Nick Singleton sort of day or conversation it was three or four. You, you make a very good point. It's three or four plays, 
And by the way, his explosive plays are three or four plays. Like there have been, it, it is very much his game right now and his role is to be the big play guy. And you're not going to be that on every single play. So part of his mentality, I have no problem with. Like he should be big play hunting. But if it's not there and Catron Allen is uh, is what he is and you ride with him that game, you're no worse for wear. It's just a different contextualizing the offense differently where the the running game is good for Penn State. Like they were able to find what they did well. They have a diverse set of run plays they can go to with different formations and different schemes. And so they're not pegged into one thing and then they're cooked. So Catron Allen came into the game and you saw some of his more subtle skills. He does not have the in-your-face speed, but what he does have is everything else, all, all of it, vision, balance, tackle breaking. Um, he's got all the things you would want in a running back. I think he's got like NFL level vision because I keep saying like, yeah, he's a sophomore, but there are sophomores that are, that are not that good. Um, his ability to find cutback lanes, cutback lanes, his, his ability to put his foot in the ground, change direction. He really makes their zone read game work really well because he has that ability to be, you know, they always call it the one cut runner. Zone offers you the opportunity to hit the intended point of attack or a different one based on what the defense does. And a lot of times what defenses do is they try to funnel you to the backside of zone runs where there's an unblocked defender. He is so good at taking that back cut and making that defender miss, whether it's because they're after the quarterback and the dive guy isn't there or just because he's that fluid and that smooth. So his it's going to look different, but 11 carries, 13 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown. You know, what's the difference between Nick Singleton doing that for 124 and two of them go for a big play and Allen, six of them go for 15 yards and one for 37. And you mentioned that he doesn't have the kind of speed or explosiveness, say, that Nick Singleton does. My question is, who does? I'd actually argue that he's quicker Catron Allen is quicker than I expected yeah. from him. Yeah, and that's been an area of transformation this offseason. He was quick before, you know, at IMG, he was a big back that was quick. Now he's just a quick player because his his change of direction, his short area ability to make players miss is great. And, and, and that's another part when you pair that with his vision that makes him such a good football player. And he he broke a tackle and then stiff-armed a defensive end and went for eight yards. And like... <laughs> That's that stuff's just fun. <laughs> like that was just yes. fun to watch him do that. It, it's a different again. It's a different type of. It's not seventy five breathtaking yards. It's oh wow, look at that. Oh wow, look at that. Look, he did that. Oh man, he did all of that all in a, in like two seconds. And that was that is the sort of uh, ability that you need to pair with a Nick Singleton so that your offense can adapt and you could you know despite some of the frustrations in the passing game and with the early part of this uh, this game. What my major takeaway from the third and fourth quarter was that Penn State can adapt and they can in a in a situation where things aren't going well, they have another gear they can go to. They they can switch up their stance and they can they can box left handed. You know, they, they have other things they can do if plan A isn't working. And I think that from Mike Yersich on down is a credit to their ability in game. And of course, you know what they've been able to build so far in their playbook. And having t- these two guys for at least two more years, both of them complementing each other's skills, 
should really excite the Penn State fans. T. Frank, that is it for quarter number two. Stick around. Quarter number three, we're going to ask T. Frank. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSURV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSURV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's T. Frank Carr. This is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we take your questions. We present them to T. Frank. And at the end of the segment, T. Frank will select the best question. And guess what, T. Frank? The winner today gets the prize pack from our good friends at New Trail Brewery. No, it's not beer. We're not shipping you beer. But some pretty nice swag from uh, from a good folks at New Trail. Who, by the way, did you know this? They put out like a new beer almost every couple weeks. Some really wow. interesting stuff. Uh, of course, they're famous for their IPAs, but you'll also see some lagers thrown in there. So check it out every week. You don't know when those beers will be gone. So check it out every week wherever you get your New Trail beer. Are you ready for the questions, T. Frank? Let's hope so, because this segment will be pretty short if I don't. All right, let's start with Josh from Morgantown, who says, what a game for the Penn State running game. Nick Singleton is that guy, but Katron Allen, a solid change of pace, and Devin Ford's a good veteran back for critical third downs. My question, though, is what does the coaching staff see in Kevon Lee, and why does he continue getting similar playing time 
to Singleton and Allen. And by the way, we all know he didn't play in the Central Michigan game. He was nicked up. But go ahead, T. Frank. So he's <laughs> this is this is always he is a good football player. Now, do they have two exceptionally good football players? It seems that they do right now. That they, that the two freshmen are exceptional. Penn State's had the Big Ten freshman of the week. I think every single week except for Week One. So. Yeah, but it was it was not a month ago that Kevon Lee caught a touchdown pass to win a game for Penn State in the fourth quarter. So he provides a veteran stable force. He has improved his, I'd say, uh, ability to cut and run. He's a little stiff his freshman season. He has loosened up. He's a little more agile. He's a big back, um, good hands. You know, just all the things are a six. But when you've got guys that are eights and, and nines and tens on a scale of 10, yeah, like it's okay. So what do they see in Kevon Lee? Well, they're not throwing away. A, a, they're not going to throw away a useful player because you've got two other guys. And by the way, they're going to need him because one of these freshmen is going to get nicked up too. That's the nature of football and the running back position. So um, what they see in him is another good running back and you need a bunch of those. So I would not be so quick to dismiss him. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to get the same playing time because even in the game against Ohio, he got one carry. So I think you're seeing the balance of maybe he's on the field, but the guys that are touching the ball are the freshmen. And there's always a transition in this kind of thing where you'll have a veteran starter. Very seldom do you see, okay, he's no longer the starter. He doesn't play. The the youngster plays ahead of him exclusively. There's, there's typically a transition, and we are seeing that go on. I, I'm going to be curious to see how they distribute the carries going forward. Okay, T. Frank, we're going to call this the, the combo question. Two people ask okay. similar questions. I'll give you both versions. Pat from Columbus says, the offense had trouble with cover zero versus Central Michigan. How would you scheme to beat it? Who was the biggest breakaway threat in the receiver room? Will Omari Evans or Caden Saunders eventually be that guy? And Joe from Scranton similarly says, do you believe that Central Michigan using cover zero exposed our ability to stretch the field vertically? We don't really have any burners at wide receiver. Um, <laughs> Very good questions. I, I like these. Pat, let's, let's go with, with Pat. Um, so his question was about the biggest breakaway threat in the receiving room what was the first part of it there's uh, another element to that that how I was would you in. scheme to beat the yeah, cover yeah, 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 zero yeah. and then who was the biggest yeah. breakaway threat so there there's two i guess there's two things here you can't scheme a whole lot against cover zero because there's an unblocked defender that's that's the point is that you can't block it up and and throw deep on a traditional like you know post corner or something that takes a long time to develop so Break a tackle, you know, uh, Brenton Strange, if he breaks a tackle on that catch, uh, he he goes for a touchdown. There's no other way that anybody's going to catch him. He's in the middle of the field alone. But the Central Michigan defender, um, you know, and this is on the I believe it was the, the second time they ran it in the middle of the field in the second quarter. And he catches the ball over the middle. Clifford puts it on him right where it has to be. And I'm not saying that he did anything wrong here, by the way. I'm just saying, like, the next phase of that to say you can't play cover zero against us is your big, strong tight end rips out of that tackle and goes for a touchdown. 
and now it's 21 to nothing, and you're not going to try that again. The other thing I would say is if you have the time, and this is I'm I'm just going against what I just said, a double move there in one of those situations where you run a slant and then a go because they were jumping on all the underneath routes knowing it had to be a quick pass. If somehow Clifford can buy enough time dropping back that he can throw the ball over the top of the kind of into the into a void. Don't really target the player throw over and let the receiver run underneath it. There might've been an opportunity for that to happen, but that's a risk reward. And they just said, Hey, we're going to beat you to the catch point. And they beat them to the catch point twice on those two, uh, third and then fourth and four. And the receivers did not catch the football on acceptable passes. So those are, uh, you know, we, we come out of this talking about how they couldn't beat cover zero. They beat it four straight times, but the receiver caught the ball only twice. I, I was just, and maybe you were ahead of here anyway. How about just in general, forgetting cover zero, having yeah. that deep threat? Is yep. there someone in the wide receiver room who could be that guy? This goes back to the conversation about Sean Clifford and the nature of his game. I still believe, and maybe I'm being stubborn about this, and I just don't want to move off my priors, that... I thought Mitchell Tinsley had enough ability when you bake it all in together to be an explosive receiver because he did it before. He did it at Western Kentucky. He showed that he's not just a guy that you throw the ball to and he's a possession receiver over the middle and on these short things. Now, he needs to play better. He did not play well in this game. But I don't know if it's the, you know, Bailey Zappi was a good quarterback. He's, I think, going to start for the Patriots this upcoming weekend with Mac Jones injured. So, like, that's... Part of the story is that, you know, last year he was with a good quarterback and you saw more from him. But you could say the same thing about Parker Washington. There's times that I see him running down the middle of the field wide open and then another coverage defender catches up to him. But he's open. He's wide open initially. And the the anticipation playing the quarterback level uh, at a level higher than what you have could get you these guys explosive plays beyond just being so wide open. It's embarrassing which is where Jahan Dotson was last year. And I think that's what everyone expects. That doesn't have to be how it is. That has how it has to be is how it is for this offense. And those guys have yet to step up. Keandre Lambert Smith has been inconsistent. Um, Amari Evans, you know, I was saying earlier in the game that uh, in the show that in last week's game, his one target came on the same play. He was targeted in against Ohio. So he's, they're designing up things for him. They're trying to find a deep shot. Uh, and then, of course, the other guy would be Trey Wallace. And it just it hasn't hit yet. Like none of them have have stepped up and they've all had the opportunity to do so. So I don't know how long until you have to move off this particular idea and try to find something new. All right. Let's go to John in Rising Sun, Maryland, who says, T. Frank, I've noticed that several of the running plays, including the TDs the last two weeks, were regular quarterback handoffs and not RPOs. Are Franklin and Yersich finally moving away from the RPO running game? You know, this is this is something I was noticing as well. So so good shout there, John. That part part of this is yes, they are moving away from being in the shotgun all the time. They're going under center, so you can't really run an RPO the same way from under center. You can still run an RPO, but there's not the mesh point sort of situation. So the quarterback can step up. He can just stand up and throw the football to a receiver uh, independent of what the offensive line is doing. So Iowa does that. 
but I have noticed a significant dip in RPOs, but I haven't really been, I've been charting them this year. I haven't really been looking too deeply into that because I've been more interested in the run concepts that they're running, which are different. Um, so yeah, I, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I wouldn't say they're moving away from it, but they're doing other things, which is, uh, have been successful. If they need to go back to the RPO, I have no doubt they'll go right back to it in certain games if they have to. And T Frank, I think this also is a good thing for the coaching. It marks that they're being flexible. Remember yeah. there was a time when James Franklin was like, no, we're not going under center. It's never going to happen. Well, they're going under center. And and by the way, last I checked, the world didn't fall apart. And we, <laughs> he we still he still had something to say about it, though. He's like, you know, you handed off to the running back at four and a half yards, which is exactly where he gets it. And he's in the shotgun. So, like, he's still not going to move off the point of I was right. And I, you know, I see what he's saying. But, yeah, it, it, it's a conversation that to me, I, I want to move past. But it, it keeps coming back up. Well, and what? This is where he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. He, If he doesn't change, he's inflexible. If he does, aha, see, he was wrong before. Right. I think him being able to adapt, and he's adapted in a few things. We're seeing a backup quarterback a whole lot more than we ever did. Yep. Uh, and I think in that first game against Purdue, remember Joe Klatt talking about getting the ball to the guys deeper, able to get a running yeah. start, especially like Nick Singleton. I think this is a good sign that the coaches are adapting. Let's sneak one more in. This is Mike from Harrisburg who says, buy or sell, a missed field goal will cost Penn State a game this year. Oh, my. I, uh, let, let me change my, it to you, Frank. Are you <laughs> concerned about the field goal kicking game? Uh, yes. And, and like that, I was concerned before the season when Jake Pinnegar won the job because – not not to give him the that he can't get better, but, you know, he was consistently inconsistent when he was the starter and he is consistently inconsistent now. So, yeah, so I that's like saying, hey, are what are the winning lottery numbers? Uh, <laughs> is it going to cost? It could. It absolutely could. Your point of I'm concerned about this particular part of the team. There's there's nothing. There's nothing incorrect about that. That's absolutely right. Um, what to do about it. And this is something I talked about on, on our show on Monday on YouTube. And I'm like, what do you do about this? Because there are no other options that I can see. Sanders Sahadak doesn't seem to be a guy that they're going to put on the field as a freshman. So you're riding with this. It's not getting better. I, I do in these situations, kind of like the offensive line last year, it's, it's not getting better. And I always thought, Hey, if you got a guy who's your short range kicker up to 40, 45 yards or whatever, you got to assume he's accurate and he's going to make those. He may not yeah. have the strongest leg, but he's going to make what we uh, we ask him to. T. Frank, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. We'll name our winner in quarter number four. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim. He's T. Frank. T. Frank, we just got done with your segment. Ask T. Frank. We need a winner. Uh, a lot of great questions this week. I want to give a shout out to John in Maryland and Joe from Scranton who had great questions. We're going with Pat. And it was honestly just I, I drew straws in my head. They were all equally great. And Pat was the one that was first on my screen. So that's why he won. But you guys... Great questions this week. I really enjoyed that segment and that conversation. Well, I also got to give credit to Pat. Penn State fan It says he's from Columbus. I'm assuming that means Columbus, Ohio. That's a tough life being a Nittany Lion fan <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. He deserves yeah. something. Okay. Who knows? Maybe Pat will make it in this weekend for the Penn State Northwestern game. And just remember a reminder. See, that was my way of segueing here, T. Frank. If you are coming in for the game, there is a great way to enjoy it, and that is gopsurv.com. This is where you drive in, and the RV is all set up, ready and waiting for you. You just need to drive into town. Everything else is taken care of, including a ride to and from the game. You don't have to worry about the hassles of parking. It's one big tailgate party for the entire weekend, and to top it off, If you say to Mark, you want the KSN special, you will get $500 off. So call Mark at 800-519-8467 or go to gopsurv.com. All right, T. Frank, let's get back to our review of Central Michigan. We talked offense in both quarter one and quarter two. Big surprise there. But I did want to talk defense. Um. Central Michigan had some luck with their short passing game, and mm-hmm. if it, it felt like they did better than 14 points worth of offense. 
what was the key for them? Was this actually they were attacking Penn State's linebackers with that short passing game? Uh, so the, I, I have a hard time with this particular conversation because what I remember are all the pass breakups. You know, I remember something entirely different than I think fans do from that game. But yeah, they were running a lot of crossing routes. They were running a lot of things that were sort of man beaters uh, over the middle. And it, this is something that going back to the blue-white game, I noticed that Penn State struggled at times with both man uh, situations where you're in man coverage and you get picked, which is where you got two guys running across the field and one receiver is des- designated to get in the way of the coverage defender of his teammate. And that gets somebody open. And then uh, against it, against zone, when you are running crossing routes, the uh, trick can be correctly passing them off and alerting your teammates in their zone who they're supposed to take. And Penn State struggled at both at the linebacker level last week. I Again, I, I guess I, I put less emphasis on that than I do uh, all the other good things that they did. But it was an area where they were able to take advantage of it. And the other thing, too, is that they were able to get a lot of short passing games, screens and stuff like that, which is all, you know, kind of baked into their offense. That's not really anything that. I think we should be terribly surprised about, but it is something I was wondering is some team going to do this against Manny Diaz where you blitz both linebackers and uh, you know, depending on what the situation is, a lot of teams have been leaving their tight ends and running backs into block that has been in going back to when he was at Miami and I watched him play Michigan state, Michigan state kept their, their backs and their tight ends in to block when he's bringing all of these pressures. What happens though, when it all gets blocked up and the tight and the tight end or the running back leak out, and that's a lot of what uh, Central Michigan, that was a couple of other areas where Central Michigan got some short yardage that turned from maybe two or three into seven or eight. And then they did a great job of going behind the line of scrimmage where you had tight ends. Um, they run a lot of zone plays, right? So they run a lot of inside zone, kind of what Penn State had run traditionally in the past couple of years under James Franklin. And there's a particular block that the tight end makes. It's, you know, a split block where he's going against the zone blocking to block the backside defender that you leave unblocked from the offensive line. But they were using that as a play fake and then running the tight end out into the flat. So these are kind of standard things that teams can do against an aggressive team to get guys open and get them yards. But my major point about the the, the game is they got 226 yards during the non-garbage time they realistically had three like functional drives during that time and Penn State forced three turnovers on defense if the game script changes and Penn State's offense puts up more points in the in the third in the second and the third quarter we're not talking about any of this we're not talking about yeah well they allowed a couple they didn't play a perfect game and that's the difference between why we're talking about the defense, what we're talking about today, and what we had to talk about in the offense for the first two quarters. So that's kind of my major takeaways. Yes, this is a thing that happened, and it can hurt them in the future, and I think teams will do this, but Central Michigan and their ability to do it was a a note to me. It was not like with the takeaway from this game for the defense. I think as fans, we look at that game, and when we saw midway through the second quarter, the game was tied 14-14. There was a panic mode that set in, and it didn't matter what happened the rest of the game. 
we had that feeling of panic during a game against Central Michigan. Yeah. And nothing was going to change that we had that feeling. So even though it looks 33-14, it doesn't look bad, there, there was that concern. And But I think if you look around the landscape of college football, there's a lot worse case scenarios in playing non-Power 5 teams that have occurred throughout yeah. the country. So yep. I don't think that should be something Penn State should be worried about. I did want to ask you about a couple individuals on the defensive side. One was uh, Denai Dennis Sutton, who mm-hmm. had like two sacks and three plays. I know it was fairly late in the game. What should I take away from that performance from him? Uh, so that he's earning more playing time. I, I've i been struggling kind of with like you of what to do with deny in these late game situations because he, he did the same thing in, in the previous games uh, against, I think it was Auburn specifically where he was very good late this week though. It was against the starting line. So he's it's garbage time. Their quarterback is still in and the starting offensive line is still in there. The difference is they're now the, like I talked about just in the, in the previous answer about the defense, the game script had changed. Penn state is up 33, 14. They can't continue doing what they want to do. If they want to realistically air quotes, win the game, like the game's out of hand, right? Everyone knows that the, the second string defense is in, but now the offense has to act like they're down by 19 points. So then they start holding onto the football and that's, that's what happens. Uh, Richardson, the starting quarterback, he got the ball out in 2.29 seconds on average, according to PFF, throughout the game. He held on the ball a little bit at the end of the game, and you saw Dennis Sutton get five pressures on 10 plays. That is an insane amount of pressures. So it's, it's those could have, and I'm not trying to take away from what Denai did, but those could have been Chop Robinson sacks earlier in the game if Penn State's offense scores points and you're forcing Central Michigan to throw the ball deeper and be more aggressive and get out of their game plan. But they were never out of their game plan, which is why Penn State fans feel a certain way about this game and about the defense. But um, I think he's earned more playing time because it was the starting offensive line and it was the starting quarterback and he wrecked them. So, yes, he's 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 turning the corner per se. That was not a good offensive line, so I want to keep that in perspective. That left tackle, I think someday will be good, but it's not this day. The other guy on defense I wanted to highlight and ask you about is Zakee Wheatley, who whenever I hear this, oh, he's the turnover champion and all that from practice in the spring and the fall, I don't put much credence in that. Now, I do, T. Frank. Am I wrong? But it just seems like he's not making you know, like a gift interceptions. He's making plays. He's reading the quarterback. He's making plays. Yeah. Yes. And it's because, so this is, this is a thing that I, I'm going to be careful here not to rain on the parade of all of Penn state fans, maybe their new favorite player. And I really like, I really like Zaki. I think he is going to be a phenomenal talent. I think he's got brisker level ability. He jumps routes. He is unafraid to uh, break on what he sees and go get the football, which is why he's going to get the football. But there have been times that he's done that, and Daquan Hardy looks bad because he got himself out of position. 
or that you leave Joey Porter Jr. alone with two players in the deep part of the field and he gets an interception because he's in a place that I don't think he's supposed to be. Like, I'm 95% sure he was not supposed to be there to get that interception in the Auburn game. But he did, and he does. So a little bit like Nick Singleton of um, the gift that keeps on coming is, is your talent and your ability, but it can also, if you're not careful, get you in trouble. So he is playing at a very high level. He's doing a great job, but there's a couple things that people can't see because they're not on television and you can't see because he's making a play that I think in the defensive meeting, they're saying this would be what I would say is like, you're doing a great job, but if this happens again and they catch us, this is on you because you abandoned where you were supposed to be in the defense. So I, I don't know how to handle that. I'm not a coach, uh, you know, because you don't want to coach out that aggressiveness. That's the whole point of Manny Diaz's defense. But I just want to say, like, later in the season, this is me prepping you for later in the season. If there are explosive plays and Penn State gives up big plays and you're looking around wondering who it was, I'm going to be looking at that to find out if that was part of that play. But the, the interception he made in this game was a read the whole way. He broke from center field Almost immediately, he watched the quarterback's eyes and he stole that pass. That's an elite level play. When he faces a quarterback that can move him with his eyes, that's I want to see how he responds. Real quickly, we're looking ahead to Northwestern. It's a 26-point spread. What's your call for the game? What are you looking for? And throw in a bold prediction to you, Frank. Oh, so I have a less good vibe feel for this game than I did the Central Michigan game. And I have like, again, I have not watched any of the film yet. I'm, I'm still uh, just wrapping up uh, Central Michigan. But what I have seen of the Wildcats on film, this is the best offensive line overall that they're going to face so far this season. So that's going to be a test for Denai, Dennis Sutton and the pass rush. The quarterback is painful to watch. His throwing motion is painful to watch. So, again, not a full test for the Nittany Lions defense. And then defensively, they've they've let up a lot of points. I really have not studied them enough to know. So I think that this is another opportunity for Penn State to get an easy win and a big win. But can the offense do it? And my assertion this week is they can. I'm going to say they can do it and they win by, again, 19 points. All right. Very good, T. Frank. That has to be it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd-pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. 